Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I've got my friend Adam Ferris with me today, and he has... He has been willing to stay over from the last show and have another show with me, so I want to get right into it. Adam was six years ago out on the street, came to the mission, had zero, zero desire to ever meet Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the sign that we're so proud of Jesus saves was one of the things that turned you off, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But your mom— she had a different idea. Yes. She was she was persistent. She was adamant that I was going to get into this program. Those moms. Um, you know, um, and praise God that she did, you know. Um, praise God that um, I stayed. You yes, know? I um, praise God for that too. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just amazing to be back at the mission, um, getting to be back. You know, my church comes on uh, Wednesday nights and we get to serve. Yep. Uh, where some of the men in my church are... Um, teaching me and training me up on how to teach and preach uh, to, to our guest, um, which is so crazy to think. You know, six years ago, I'm like, I have nothing to do with Jesus, and now I'm so excited to to learn how to proclaim His Word and yep. uh, share this good news of the gospel uh, to all. You know, at the mission, it's just uh, no one could have fathomed this. You can, you could be a member of the church for your whole life mm-hmm. and never experience what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, one of the problems is that that people need to understand you're not saved by the church. You can sit in a church. I always used to joke that, you know, sitting in a pew in a church doesn't make you a Christian mm-hmm. any more than sitting in the produce counter at Rayleigh's makes you a kumquat. You can do it, but it's not going to avail you of anything. Mm-hmm. And what is the other part of that? The other part is that for so many people— Religion is just this rote, hard, I've got to force myself to go on Sunday morning. Do you have to force yourself? I mean, sometimes, obviously, we have times, Mm -hmm. right? But is there still an excitement about being in church, hearing the Word of God uh, as your pastor proclaims it or an elder in the Mm -hmm. church, whatever the case is? And uh, EGBC, which is now Redeemer Bible uh, Church, is your church. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, matter of fact, I have a I have a couple of people from there that work for me. Yes, and other churches too. We have a couple of people from IBC and just different churches. And so we like to be of of one accord. We all need to believe that the Bible is the absolute inerrant Word of God. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know, I had talked to Jeremy one day, and I said there used to be people that would say they took a high view of God, of of the Bible. And that sounds good. Mm-hmm. But what they mean by a high view is they don't take an inerrant view. Mm. We have a lot of respect for it, mm-hmm. but there could be problems. There are no problems. If you found a flaw in the Bible, the flaw is in your perception of what the Bible is yeah. saying. And I know some of you right now are saying, well, come on, you, you really believe all of that? Yeah, I really believe all of that. Amen. I don't think there's any other way to mm-hmm. approach it. 
I believe in the 66 books that are what we call the Bible, and I've heard people refer to them as the love letters of God to us, and that's probably appropriate, even to lamentations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, the one thing and the most important thing is that when you come to Christ, you don't have to be a great theologian. Mm. You have to be committed, right? Mm -hmm. And if you are not having joy in your salvation, there's a problem. You might be really a believer, but there's a problem, and it usually stems from things like uh, being resistant to his will, wanting your own way. Mm -hmm. Now, Adam, I know you never want your own way, do you? I would never, no. (laughs) (laughs) I used to tell people, yeah, no, when because uh, uh, Paul David Tripp had said that, you know, any time that we sin, it's because— we blatantly want to ignore what God is, yes. and we just want what we want mm-hmm. right now, right? Yep. And so uh, I would say daily I have the problem with wanting to have what I want to have right mm-hmm. now. And it may be only for a moment. It might be whatever. But any time that your your mind is taken off of the Lord, it's because you want what you want, yes, right? absolutely. And so when did you stop wanting what you want? I stopped wanting what I wanted when the Lord showed me who I really was, um, when I yeah. saw myself for, for truth and not you know blaming others in my situation, um, was other people's problems, um, it wasn't my own, it was because of you know other people, it was just excuse yeah. after excuse. And then when I got to see myself for who I really was, I didn't like who I was, I wanted to change, um, and ultimately just gave my life over to the Lord. You still have times when you want what you want? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's (laughs) it's funny. So back in December, um, teaching at the mission on, on a Wednesday night, uh, the topic was Matthew 16, 24, you know, die to yourself, take up your cross. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the struggle that I find myself every day. My flesh riles up. Mm -hmm. I want what I want, or I want something my way, but I have to die to myself. I have to prefer others. I have to love others. Um, I have to renew my mind in God's word. You know, I have to have my mindset on things above, not on things of, of the earth, you know. Um, and that's, that's just the struggle as we are still sinners. Yes, in Christ, but still sinners. And we have to um, die to that old man. Yes, every day. You know, I like the way, who was it, Spurgeon put it, that it's not just a matter of having some vestiges of death. It's the old man is clinging to our necks. (laughs) And mm-hmm. we're we're yes. carrying around this dead mm-hmm. body that we have to get rid of, right? Yes. And there's still that stomping our feet. I want this, mm-hmm. and we may not blatantly look like we're doing that, but we are. Any time that, well, we're we're doing. Uh, you, did you go through gospel treason uh, with Brad Bigney? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um. So not at the mission, but you went through it at your church. So our church went through it, and we're actually um, going to do one more series on it. It's an eight-part series. Uh, we have a new marrieds group that actually Eric from the mission uh, also goes to my church. Him and his wife are leading that. With There's like 10 of us newly married uh, couples, and we're actually going through Well, he's not marriage newly series. married, but— No, uh, <laughs> Eric is not. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think he has 18 three years. beautiful yeah. children, yes. and, and his son is— Either is tall or getting yes, taller. Yes, he's he's up there, almost you know, over six foot, going yeah. on his way to six four. You know, basketball star. But 
You know, he's a smart kid. He is. I had dinner with uh, he and his family Mm -hmm. uh, a few months ago, and they're just a nice family, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's good. But Gospel Treason is a book I would highly recommend to anybody. Mm -hmm. And we're going through Gospel Treason at the mission right now. And what it is about setting up idols in our lives. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that people always say when you talk to them about their idols is, well, I don't have a golden calf. I don't don't worship at some altar of a foreign god. Is that what that means? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) So what kind of idols can we worship at, in your opinion? Um, you know, for, for me today, even, you know, six years walking with the Lord, I still have idols that I need to work on, um, and bring before the Lord, my selfishness, um, especially in my marriage, I can be very selfish. Well, I want something my way. Um, I don't want to prefer you. I want, you know, something to be my way, which is the idol of self. Um, anger is still something that I, I struggle with, you know, Uh, something didn't go my way. (laughs) So now I'm angry. Yeah. So you're, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I planned something to go my way and it didn't go my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then anger, anger comes out of me, you know, which Brad will actually, uh, talk about in that seven part series that he has in his book. Yeah, it's, uh, it's excellent. I've kidded it only, it's not really a joke that when I first got saved, I thought I might have to give up driving, <laughs> uh, because the flesh would just rear its, and to this day, when people cut me off in traffic, I can feel that mm-hmm. those old angers. And I had to start telling myself, the person that just cut you off is one of two people. They're either a brother or sister in Christ, Mm -hmm. in which case I need to give them grace, or they're of the world, in which case I should give them common grace Mm -hmm. and understand they're on their way to hell. And that should make me sad for them. But again, the world that I grew up in was, you know, you 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 got angry, you got in fights, you did yep. whatever it was going to do. And I never picked on people, but that's not the—I was ready if if somebody was going to, you know, disrespect right. me, then we'll just—we'll go ahead and we'll— And that is, I shuddered to think at some of the words I used to people, mm-hmm. and, and, and I hate— when the old man starts to rear his head, mm. when I have to look away because there's a beautiful woman somewhere mm-hmm. and I have to look away because those things aren't completely dead in you. Right. When somebody says something to me and I want to respond in an unkind manner, uh, but it's still there, right? It the is. difference being is that, that, and here's another thing. To your point with marriage, and we talked about it on the way Mm -hmm. over, when I perform a wedding, I tell people, and I will start with the woman, and I will say, what you need to do is you need to give up self. You need to look out for what your husband's Mm -hmm. wants, your husband's needs, your husband's. And by the time I finished with that list, all the women in the room are looking at me like, let's lynch him pretty soon. Mm -hmm. But then I turn around and I say, now you need to give up self to your wife. Absolutely. And of course, we start with Christ has to be the head of your house. Mm-hmm. But after I've admonished them to give up everything in themselves, I tell them the most simple of all truths. When you give up everything to her and she gives up everything to you, 
you get for yourselves more than you could ever grasp. Absolutely. You know, when two people are walking along and they're only concerned about the only person, the other person, what a beautiful relationship that's going to be. Now, I wish I could tell you that in the 47 years of marriage, I always thought like that. I didn't in the beginning. And even when I started to, I still wanted to get what I wanted to get. And when she didn't always see it my way, it would make me angry, right? And uh, she was really smart. She just sat there, and, <laughs> and, and I'm having an argument with myself. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, well, you could say something. What would you like me to say? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Oh. So uh, I was telling Adam on the way over, it was funny because— uh, in the all the years we were married, I found out that most of the trouble we had was because of me, me, you know, prideful, mm-hmm. angry about things. And no, I was never an abusive type guy. I mean, I was never, my wife and I didn't have, really, we never yelled at each other. But I would get frustrated and angry. I'd get angry at the kids or I'd get angry at the job or something else. And she was so smart, she would just sit there and let me blow off steam. Now what? Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd get angry and is that, you know, it's it's like a friend of mine said, I had counseled him, right, for years. And I got angry at uh, uh, this person, not that guy, but another guy. And I uh, I was not kind to him. So now I'm regretting it instantly, right. right? This was before I was a pastor. But I was still a believer for mm-hmm. a long time. And so I'm talking to this guy that I used to counsel. And he said, oh, well, what do you think you should do about it? I thought, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I know. So I had to go in the next day and talk to the guy. And he was a little bit leery to, to look at me mm-hmm. because, you know. And I said, uh, I apologize for the way that I acted towards you. I said, but what you said to me was was totally untrue. But I said, that gives me no excuse to deal with you the way I did. Mm-hmm. So I apologize for what I said to you. Well, how did that work out? Well, it elicited a response from him saying, I know you wouldn't have done that other thing, and I shouldn't have said that to you. I wasn't demanding an apology from him. But if you're a believer out there, there's a time you need to just tell somebody, I get it, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, so when you're married, that's going to happen a lot. I feel like for me it's almost every day, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's amazing how smart they can be, Mm -hmm. because you're like— yeah. She's right. <laughs> <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah, always. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I know that uh, that you guys, you've only been married for a short while. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of things. And one of the things that is most important about a marriage is the commitment actual mm-hmm. a- aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. You've entered into a covenantal relationship yes. with your wife. Mm-hmm. How serious is that? Uh, it's very serious, you know. The Lord takes that very serious. Um, we're we're coming together in oneness. Um, he, this is this is our opportunity to put His glory on display through marriage. 
um, to uh, prefer one another, to glorify God in, in such a way that, you know, Christ laid his life down for the church right. and commands me as a husband to lay my life down for my wife and love her the way that Christ loves me. And that's um, difficult. It is, you know, because um, my sin gets in the way. We talked about that flesh and uh, the wanting things to go my way comes up all the time. Sure. And I have to die to those things. And sometimes I don't die to them. And I walk in sin and I walk in my flesh. Uh, but there is gracy, there is grace and there is mercy. Um, yeah, let's and, hope uh, Gracie isn't yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Gracie, but whoever she is. You yeah. Know. But um, yeah, it's it's a, an amazing thing that we get to partner with God as as husbands and wives, yes. um, and enjoy the goodness of walking with him through Amen. marriage. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. It, it is a beautiful thing, and it's a covenantal relationship that even Christians don't take seriously mm-hmm. oftentimes these days. And the whole dying to self is a huge part of that thing. And, you know, I think that we fail to realize the truth in, and the two shall become as one. Mm-hmm. And we walk together before the Lord. And we walk in that newness of truth, right? So um, as we go through, and you said it, uh, we, and you and I were talking about it earlier, that, you know, guys always want to remember women or wives, submit yourself to your husbands. Right. Uh, yeah, and that's true. But they forget there's a dual submissionary role here because the next part is what you quoted just a minute ago, and that's that... Uh, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, laying down his life, even life uh, on a cross. Mm-hmm. And so, husbands, you're not, you're not her boss. You're not her father. Mm-hmm. You are her husband, and she is your helpmate. And if you love her the way Christ loved the church, you're not going to act that way towards right. her. It's going to be a loving, caring mm-hmm lay down your life type of, of thing. It's like with your children. I don't know too many parents who wouldn't step in the way of a charging lion to yeah. protect their children. You need to have that attitude with our wives too. I will protect you at, at any point. Matter of fact, it is something that is really true. I meant it 100%. I thought about it. At the end of my wife's life, uh, nearly the end, she was afflicted with MS, and it was mm-hmm. very difficult, and she couldn't, she couldn't really move very well. And so I told my kids after the big fire that happened in paradise, listen, we have one way in and one way out of where I live too. And I said, now, I, I want you to understand uh, so you, you don't wonder if it happens. If we ever get in a, caught in a situation like that, uh, your mom could not get out and run mm-hmm. like some of mm-hmm. them had to get out of the car and run. And, and I said, I just, I, I couldn't leave her. And so I said, I just want you to know ahead of time. I just, I couldn't do that. So then I bought her this scooter. It's called a zinger or something mm-hmm. like that. Let me tell you something. It goes faster than a racehorse, I think. <laughs> and then I told the kids now, Understand that if we have to get out of the car and run, she's got that zinger. I can't keep up with her, but yeah. you, know, you know, she'll probably be okay. I thought about getting a skateboard so I could hang on hang to on, the back, yeah. right? But I was serious about it because the idea of leaving her is to that was uh, just out of the question. Right. And what 
where that comes from is God's sacrifice for us, for us mm-hmm. and the love that he gives us for our wives. And the, the longer you are with your wife, things change. Mm-hmm. You may not always like her at one moment, mm-hmm. and she's not always going to like you, but she will always love you, and you will always love her. Mm-hmm. And those moments of irritation with each other pass, right? Yes. And so, and uh, they'll even pass uh, her irritation for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, so the new child is, is coming when? Uh, it'll be, we're due, I think, July 9th, July 10th, something like that. Good. So uh, we're right. excited. Uh, already got the reveal party out of yes, the way. Yes, last Sunday. Yep. And uh, already know that it's going to be. It's going to be a boy. Yes. Yeah. Already got the name. We do. Up. Asher, you know, one of the 12 tribes. Yes. Yes. I am well mm-hmm. aware. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so at any rate, you, what, is, what is your. Uh, what is your expectation? Are you going to be there this time in the waiting room? I mean, in the uh, the delivery, delivery room. room? Yeah. Uh, yes, um, as long as she'll have me there, you know, um, she will. You know. Can I all, give you a word of caution? All jokes aside, yes. Okay, when you go and you hold her hand mm-hmm. and she's about to deliver, be prepared that you will be in excruciating pain, pain as she grabs your yes. hand. And squeezes it with a strength you heretofore thought impossible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I've got big hands and they're being crushed by yes. this little person. Yes. So, and how excited is she? She's a very excited, you know, uh, first time mom. Um, she's, she's so great with kids, you know, um, something that uh, attracted to me, to my wife uh, in the church is just watching her oh, yeah. and the nurseries and, yeah. uh, and teaching, you know, discipling the kids and on Sunday school. Um, she's, she's very excited. Um, and we're just excited to, to partner together and disciple, um, Asher, you know, to the glory of God and and raising, you know, we both weren't raised in Christian homes and the fact that, you know, the Lord has saved both of us. And now we get to raise our child, um, in, in the doctrine of the Lord is, is, is very special. It it is my wife, uh, her family, her mom and dad did not believe Mm -hmm. funny enough. Her grandparents were, Reform, uh, Dutch Reform. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she didn't know anything about the Bible when I met her. And I knew some stuff, but obviously never put anything right. into play. And, you know, uh, I was me. I, I went to church on Christmas and Easter, so I must be a, a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is so wrong. But we were graced to come and believe at the same time. We Mm -hmm. started going to a little Baptist church, and the Word of God has a penetrating effect, and you know you're called. We got one minute. You want to say hello to anybody or anything you want? Say hello to your wife. Hi, Raylynn. (laughs) She's listening, shaking her head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Just so you know that uh, pride is a horrible thing, but to be Mm -hmm. proud of somebody is Mm -hmm. not. And I'm proud of of your husband sitting here before me. Uh, Adam has gone through a lot, and I am so happy to hear that you two are together and that you're going to expect that little bundle of joy, and you're going to raise him up in the admonition of the Lord because, mm-hmm. you know what? Success in the Christian life doesn't mean my kids grow up to be doctors and lawyers. That could be, but success is that they are walking in the Lord. 
So until we meet again, my dear friends, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched, and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.